Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. Well, this morning we're continuing a series we kicked off last week called Family Reunion. We're exploring what it means for us to be God's people, to be God's people gathered together, the gifts that he gives to us, to be God's people gathered as brothers and sisters in Christ. We looked at a number of scripture verses. We talked about that just like a family is not something that you attend, it's something you belong to. So we don't really attend church. We are gathering together as God's family here at Holy Savior to celebrate God's amazing grace and love for us in Jesus. To do that, let's begin with prayer. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love and grace for us in Jesus. And Lord, that we can gather together as your family here at Holy Savior. Bless us, Lord, as we gather together. Bless us as we gather to celebrate your amazing love and grace. We pray this, Jesus, in your powerful name. Amen. Let's start with a question this morning. And the question is, have you ever learned a language from a native speaker? Now, maybe the first question is, how many of you have ever had to learn a foreign language? A number of you. How many of you learned a foreign language like in high school and you couldn't remember a lick of it? You know, whether it was like, you know, Spanish or German or French, those are probably the three popular ones. You know, we, we learn languages. But, you know, if you learn a language from a native speaker, it makes a tremendous difference in, in your ability to really know the language. Because this is somebody that, that's lived and breathed this language. I'll give you an example. You know, our missionary, my daughter Chelsea, began learning the Czech language before she departed for the Czech Republic in January of last year. And as she was learning the Czech language, you know, she's beginning to get a handle on it. But when she arrived in the Czech Republic, one of the first things she was supposed to do was to go find someone to teach her the language. And she found a native speaker. And so now you have somebody that lives and breathes this language, teaching you this language language, teaching you how to live in this language. You know, I learned a number of languages. You know, some of the languages I learned definitely didn't have native speakers. You learned ancient Greek. There are no native speakers of ancient Greek. Only this one professor who, if you know the little Batman movies with Adam West and the penguin with his little, you know, eyepiece like, my impression is that he would always just, because it's just me, me and this one professor. He'd go, translate, translate. And I'm going like, oh, you know, or I learned Hebrew from this other professor, which was a lot of fun. I had fun learning Hebrew. But before that, I tried to learn this one language because I thought maybe someday I'd go to this one country as a missionary. I tried to learn Russian. That is a crazy language to learn. And, but I learned it from this one native speaker. So, and she was a crazy teacher. She was fun, but she was crazy. And if you're a fan of... Um, Jimmy Neutron, you know, is a cartoon. Some of you may not know what that cartoon is. You know, the teacher, Mrs. Fallon, there, Miss Fallon, there. That's kind of what she reminded me of. But if you know, she would um, rather than saying translate, she would pick up the erasers and she would just chuck them at us if we weren't translating things right. It's scary. Well, I did learn some Russian. I remember a little bit, not a whole lot. I didn't stick with it that long. And then, of course, as you know, a lot of you know, you know, I, the last number of years we've taken teams over to Poland. And part of going to Poland is that we're going to work with youth ages 8 to 14 years of age that they can't afford private lessons. They learn English in school, but the excitement they have in coming to this camp, and they travel like 500 miles away to come to this camp, is that they're going to come and they're going to learn English from these native you know, speakers. These Americans are going to teach us you know, American English, different than British English, which is kind of what they learn in school. Uh, so they, they get to meet us and they get to speak the language with us. 
You know, and I've had a lot of years of trying to learn Polish. In fact, I brought some of my resources here with me. You know, I've got a number of books, Mastering Polish, uh, Start Speaking Polish Today, In-Flight Polish, Learn the Basics Before You Go, and then this Polish to English Dictionary. And, and all those great, you know, tools I have, and I have Babbel as an app as well, I'm learning, you know, to try to speak that Polish. The best that I ever really learned the language is when I'm there teaching them English and I'm learning Polish from them especially a number of years back when I was trying to speak Polish like a native speaker, I had my tutor. His name was Casper. He was in my class. Casper, his kind of curly, wavy hair, and we would spend a number of afternoons sitting on the steps of the chapel where he was trying to teach me English, or teach me English, teach me Polish, and I would try to rattle off a word, and he'd say, nope. I'm like, come on, give me some grace here, and I tried again, nope. And I thought, okay, this time I got it. I really, I nailed it down. I got my tongue just the right way. Nope. And, like, and I, I couldn't hear it, but he could. I mean, he, he, he was attuned to that. He knew what it meant to be genuine in a speaking Polish. Finally, I started saying, stick your, like, how did your tongue move? Because my American English tongue does not move that way. But boy, it was a lot of fun. And I learned to speak a number of words and phrases from him better than I had from any of the books or the apps that I've had trying to learn Polish. Because, you know, I had someone that was genuinely lived and breathed this language. Well, in the same way, we're going to talk today about God's love for us and that love we have for each other as, again, a family of believers and how we learn to live in that love and to demonstrate that love to one another. Let's take a look here and let's read together from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, the first few verses of our text. Love sincerely, hate evil, hold on to what is good, be devoted to each other like a loving family, excel in showing respect for each other. Love sincerely. We're going to talk about what it means to have sincere, genuine love for one another. To do that, this is the point we're going to land on this morning. The point is this, that we love those around us with love, with the love that we have been shown. We love those around us with the love that we have been shown. Think again, you know, I learned Polish much more from Casper than I ever did from all the books. Because he was really showing me how to, you know, make my tongue work in that way to speak the language. We love those around us with the love that we have been shown. So let's teach you some um, language today. This is a Latin phrase. How many know Latin? Good. Um, hopefully nobody online knows Latin because you'll have no idea if I butcher this or not. But it sounds something kind of like this. It's sine kira. Sine kira. See, I already butchered it. Sine kira. You know, it, it's, it's where we get our English word sincere from. Can you kind of see that in there now if you're watching there? It looks like S-I-N-E, then the second word C-E-R-A. Sincere, genuine, the real thing. Sinekira. And, and this is what Paul is capturing in those words from Romans 12, 9 and 10, especially verse 9, that first sentence there. And really what's behind that use of those words in that language is what would happen in Paul's time. In Paul's time, there were these merchants. And these merchants, they would sell these, you know, vessels, these clay pots. You know, that, you know, they'd have his pictures and other things they would contain things with. And often what would happen, kind of like sometimes today, if you go to a merchant somewhere, you know, some are honest and some are what? They're dishonest or just not quite truthful. You know, 80% not truthful or something like that. 
But what they would do sometimes, if there was a crack in the pot, you know, they wanted, because they made this, they wanted to sell their wares, they would put wax on the crack, and that that wax would hide the crack. So they could, in a sense, you know, offer you something that was not sincere. It was not genuine. It was broken. Now, if you were a smart shopper, you knew that you would pick this up and you would hold it up to the sunlight, and that would kind of reveal that there was some wax in the seams. And that this person was being dishonest. When Paul uses this, this phrase here, this sirikira, you know, what he's talking about is the other practice that other merchants would have, the ones that were honest. Because those that were honest would have this, you know, sign out there that would say, sirikira, this is genuine, this is real, it is not broken. When you go home, you're not going to pour water or wine to that and find it going everywhere. I did that once, not with a vessel like that, but with making coffee one time in a French press, and I went to press down on that. If you know what a French press is, I don't know what I did, but it glass broke, and coffee went <laughs> everywhere. Precious coffee. I would have drank it, except for there was glass in it. <laughs> Just not, that's not a good idea. But this, this, this idea here of, you know, being genuine, being real is what Paul is driving home to us. That as God's people... As a family of believers, again, a family of believers is not something we go to. It's something we belong to. We belong to it because God has called us his children through his grace for us in Jesus Christ. That we are called to have genuine, real, sincere love for one another. Let's read those words again from Paul's writings to Romans 12, verses 9 and 10. Love sincerely, hate evil, hold on to what is good, be devoted to each other like a loving family. Excel in showing respect for each other. Well, that kind of leads us to a question. Our question is this. How do we know what love is? If you're old enough, maybe a song popped in your head when I thought this phrase. I was like, you know, I want to know what love is. I'm not going to sing it for you, sorry. You know, but, you know, what, what is love? How do we know what love is? You know, we, we have things in our culture that often teach us what love is. Often it's a selfish love. You know, it, it, it's, a, it's a distorted love. Maybe our love comes from the sitcoms that we watch. I don't know what some of your favorite sitcoms are. You know, I, I know some of the sitcoms that I think about when I think about love. Even there's like, I love Lucy. Anybody remember that? Anybody watch the originals? A few of you. I watched like the reruns of the reruns of the reruns. But a great show. You know, another show that's on reruns now is Everybody Loves Raymond. I love that because it's a family dynamics of love that they're trying to be genuine and sincere. And in many ways, it's like the church. It is a genuine, sincere love, but it is a love that is still tainted and distorted. That our love for each other is not always perfect because we are sinners. We, we, we are selfish. We don't love the way that we should love. But, but again, how do we know what love is? Well, we know what love is as we look to the one who is love himself. Let's read together from 1 John 4, 7. Dear friends, we must love each other because love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born from God and knows God. Because he goes on to say, God is love. God is love. I'll go back to, again, sitting on the steps outside the chapel on a hot, sticky July day in Yvornik, Poland, learning Polish from Casper. Because Casper knew Polish language. He was Polish. And so if I really wanted to learn Polish, I was going to learn it from Casper. 
If we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to know what love is, we're not going to learn it from the sitcoms. We're not going to learn it from the distorted ideas that sometimes our society has about love. We're going to learn it from the one who is love himself, our God. So even as the Apostle John, like, you know, the Apostle Paul, calls us to love each other, calls us to love each other with sincere, genuine, honest love. And that sincere, genuine, honest love is not found in ourselves. But it's found in God. It's found in the love that God has for us, the love that he has for you in Jesus. Let's go to 1 John 4, 10, and we read together. But real love isn't our love for God, but his love for us. God sent his Son to be the sacrifice by which our sins are forgiven. I love this translation of this particular verse here. This is the contemporary English version. Because it says, real love. Real love isn't our love for God or our love for each other, ultimately. Real love is God's love for us. Real love is God's love for you. You think about our love and how we often love each other. I mean, and if we're honest, you know, the last, you know, year plus, for a lot of us has been difficult and challenging. We talk about being a family of believers and having family and friends, and yet some of us have been button heads about ideas of what COVID is or what COVID isn't, about, you know, politics and, and, and who has been or hasn't been elected, and, and we, we butt heads and we get into arguments with each other and we talk about sometimes having love and sometimes, sometimes we even gather here or even in our homes, we act like we love each other, but we're like those merchants. We put on a little bit of wax and we disguise how broken our love is, how ingenuine love is. But Paul's call to us as God's family is that we live with genuine love. And we live with genuine love when we live with the love that God has for us in Jesus. And this is God's love for us. Romans 5, 8. Let's read together. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrates his love for you in this. That while you and I, while we were still sinners, while we were disobedient and reckless and selfish, while we were thumbing our nose by God and doing things our own way, while we were trying to define life by our own terms, God loved us. God loved and still and will always love you. And the love that he has for you in Jesus is a love that is unending, It's a love that we don't deserve, but it's a love that he's always giving, always pouring out upon us. God's love is a love that shapes our love. When I think about Casper teaching me Polish, I think about God. Now God, that's genuine love. God's genuine love shapes our love for one another. So we talk about love then, you know, I, I think about, you know, how am I going to know what love is? Well, you know, like if I really wanted to learn Polish, maybe I would have stayed connected with Casper and would have throughout, you know, the, the years between camps would have kept learning Polish from Casper because I would probably really speak fluent Polish now, you know. I, the comp, best compliment I have from some folks is you don't sound like an American trying to learn Polish, you sound like a European trying to learn Polish, but I still didn't sound like a Polish person. It takes a, a lot of work. It, it, it's ongoing. It, it's, it's something that's continual. And the same is for us as we're going to, you know, demonstrate God's love for us and our love for each other and our love that we take out into this community means that we have to be continually living and experiencing 
God's genuine love. So here's how we're going to live this out. Here's the challenge for us going into this new week and going throughout this series. The challenge is this. I forgot I was going to say this again. Again, we love those around us with the love that we have been shown. If we're going to do that, we're going to have to live in God's love. Our challenge then is to spend time receiving God's love for you. Spend time receiving God's love for you. Now, you know, here's what I mean for that. You know, receiving God's love, you don't have to do something special to do that. But spend time reflecting on that. I mean, it can be as easy as looking at and reflecting on the words of Romans 5.8. Again, God demonstrates his love for you in this, that we you where you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's reading John 3, 16. You know, God loved the world this way that he gave his one and only son. Or the words of 1 John 4, you know, 10, where it says, this is how God shows his love for us, that he gave his son as a sacrifice. To know that you are loved by God, because that's where it all begins. If we're going to reflect God's love, or we're going to show love to each other, if we're going to take that love out into our community and world, we've got to be confident in faith. We've got to have that certainty in faith, that no matter how many times we have sinned, how many times we've been selfish and hurtful, how many times we've walked away from God, that God loves who? God loves you. And as we celebrate and we live in that love that God has for us, then we ask the Holy Spirit, He asks the Spirit to help us show that genuine love to others. For some people, it's a lot easier for us to love, isn't it? And then there are others. Maybe it's people that you're sitting close to right now. Maybe there's those others that you haven't spoken to in quite some time. Whether it's something that's happened a long time ago or in the more recent, you know, turmoil and conflict that we have felt. That yes, God, help me love. To love them with the love that you have loved me. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing love and grace. We pray this, Jesus, in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.